Welcome to Labors for the Lord, the podcast dedicated to the Word of God. We hope that this blesses you and inspires you to seek the promises and the love that the Lord has for you. Now, here's your host, Craig Majors. All right, guys, welcome to Labors for the Lord. Hope everyone is doing great this afternoon. I have my fiance Annie here with me today. Hi. And we are going to be uh, talking about Palm Sunday to Easter and just kind of going over some of the things that happen uh, in those eight days. So we'll start with Palm Sunday. Okay, Palm Sunday was the first day of the week and when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey fulfilling a prophecy in Zechariah 9.9. And that prophecy says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. And the crowd welcomed him with Hosanna, which is to express praise or joy, and with the words of Psalms 118, 25, and 26. And that says, Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Uh, we have blessed you out of the Lord, out of the house of the Lord. And that brings us to the second day, Monday. So Jesus returned to the temple on Monday and he found it full of traders and money changers making profits as they gave out Jewish coins in exchange for um, pagan money. And so Jesus flipped their tables over and uh, made a whip and, and ran them all out. So he cleaned temple on Monday. And on Tuesday, he taught in parables and warned the people about the Pharisees. He predicted the destruction of Herod's temple and told his disciples about future events, including his own return. Wednesday, the fourth day. So, scriptures, uh, they don't mention anything about this day, but the counting of the days, uh, Mark 14.1 and John 12.1, seem to indicate that there was another day in which the Gospels um, didn't record anything. Which brings us to Thursday, um, the Passover. In an upper room, Jesus prepared himself and his disciples for his death. He gave the Passover meal a new meaning. The loaf of bread and the cup of wine represented his body, soon to be sacrificed, and his blood soon to be shed. This became the Lord's Supper. Afterward, they went to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed in agony uh, to the point of asking the Father to take this cup from him, just knowing what was ahead of him. And he actually sweated blood also. Yeah, he and did. that happened to your uncle it did yeah. yeah all right so the sixth day friday so after his betrayal his arrest his desertion uh the false trials the beatings and mockery jesus carried his cross to a place called golgotha which means the place of a skull where he was crucified with two other prisoners and then friday afternoon to saturday so jesus's body was placed in the tomb um, before 6 p.m on friday night when the sabbath began and all work stopped and his body lay in the tomb throughout the Sabbath and then the eighth day resurrection Sunday so that morning women went to the tomb and found that the stone that was um, closing the entrance uh, had been rolled away and an angel appeared and told them that Jesus was alive Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene in the garden he appeared to Peter and then he appeared to two disciples on their way to uh, Emmaus 
And later that day, he appeared to all of the disciples except for Thomas. And that is what happened those eight days from Palm Sunday to Easter. His resurrection is not a myth. It's not a fairy tale. It is a fact. So over the centuries, skeptics and non-believers have come up with a lot of objections and theories to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, some say that the resurrection is too difficult to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, but that's not so. And we're going to look at some of these things that some of these skeptics and non-believers have to say. So, babe, what do you have? Um, how about Jesus was a mythological figure? So, um, evidence for Jesus Christ comes from a lot of written documents from the first century. Um, actually including 39 ancient sources in addition to the New Testament and early church leaders. Um, an early church statement of faith was probably written uh, between 8 and 20 years after the death of Jesus. And the creed states that Jesus was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, which is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses uh, 3 through 8. And most critical historians agree that documents take more than 20 years to become corrupted by mythological development. So, no, Jesus was not a mythological figure. figure. Yeah, and even atheists, they even agree that Jesus Christ did exist, but they just don't uh, believe who he was, which is unfortunate for them. But what else you got? Okay, well, what if I said Jesus was just a man? Um... So, evidence supports that Jesus, he was all that he claimed to be. Um, over three years, Jesus performed all of these miracles and signs like um, controlling the weather, walking on water, or water walking, like we heard one pastor say the other night. What was his name? Dr. David Gibbs Jr. David Gibbs Jr. Yeah. Uh, water walking. Uh, giving sight to the blind, healing the the sick, casting out demons, even raising people from the dead. And these miracles convinced uh, the people of that day that Jesus was all that he claimed to be. Uh, he predicted he would suffer, die, and rise again just months before his crucifixion. So he was, he was fully man, and he was fully God. What else? Okay, so if he's not a mythological creature, and he's not just a man, how about his followers just made it all up? So, most people, I don't know, the evidence shows that this kind of deception, it's, it's highly unlikely. Most people will not knowingly die for a lie. Um, the disciples, they were not these fearless liars who wanted to fool the world and pull this big hoax on the world and, and then be uh, killed for it. After the crucifixion, the, the disciples took off. They were in fear for their lives. Um, but once they saw and touched and spoke with the risen Lord, their lives changed instantly. Peter was even crucified uh, upside down. So he completely, I mean, he went from denying the Lord three times to uh, eventually being, being crucified. And all of Jesus' followers doubted, they all doubted the resurrection until Jesus physically appeared to them. And, and then they, they all believed. What else? All right, well, what about if all the witnesses were unreliable? So, all four Gospels agree that the first eyewitnesses to the proof of Jesus' resurrection were women. 
And this might not seem like a big deal, but this is huge proof for the resurrection. Uh, you have to understand the role of women in first century Judea. Um, during this time, uh, a woman's testimony was considered to be, it was worthless. Um, women were not even allowed to serve as a witness in court. So if, if early believers wanted to fabricate the resurrection, um, they would have come up with witnesses who had political influence or religious influence in their community, uh, not women who weren't even considered to be reliable witnesses. Um, the greatest weapon would have been to produce the body of Jesus, obviously, but, but the silence of those who opposed Christianity while uh, Jesus' followers preached about the empty tomb confirmed the fact that the tomb really was empty and, and it could it could not be explained otherwise. So they had no body uh, to, to produce. So, what else? Okay, well, what about if the eyewitnesses just hallucinated? Very unlikely, if, if not impossible, uh, for more than 500 people to have the same hallucination. Um, those who saw Jesus after his death, they, they didn't expect to see him and... and I would imagine they were completely surprised and overwhelmed at him being there. Um, psychiatrists even agree that hallucinations, uh, they require expectation. So, no, 500 people did not have the same hallucination. What else? Okay, well, um, some people say that Jesus did not die on the cross. Okay, yeah. If, if Jesus did not die, the Roman soldiers... Uh, they would have failed at their job and would have been killed themselves for, for not uh, completing their, their duties. And Jesus would have had to have survived massive blood loss, torture, and a stab wound in his side, and then roll the stone away, which took several, several men to do. Uh, witnesses saw that when Jesus was stabbed, blood and water uh, poured out of his side medically indicating that that Jesus had already died okay well you can also look on um, you can look at a doctor's guide to Jesus's crucifixion um, from the Journal of American Medical Association with the details about his crucifixion that are taken from the Bible and from other ancient um, sources so mm. that's pretty interesting to look up to what was that movie we watched um, a case for Christ. Yeah, yeah, and he goes to the doctor and it explains it. And pretty much, if you look that up, like from the you know the American Medical Association, it kind of lays it all out for you and gives you all of the details of everything that he went through, yeah. like from a doctor's perspective. Yeah, so, that's a good movie. If any of you guys have not seen a case for Christ, I think uh, the guy's name is Lee Strobel. Strobel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Strobel. it's it's really it's a really good movie. Yeah, it is. What else it's a you really got? good story, a true story. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a true story. Yeah, yeah he was he was an atheist idea. and ended up uh, trying to disprove the resurrection and became a believer and went to seminary and he's a pastor. I want to say Arizona, Texas. I'm not sure somewhere. Yeah, I'm not sure where he's yeah, at. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Arizona sounds right. I'm not sure. So, okay. Well, what about this one? What about Jesus's body was stolen? Yeah, I don't think so because. Um, Jesus' enemies, they took uh, several steps to prevent anyone from getting to his body. Uh, so the disciples, they, well, first they had the stone that sealed the entrance, and you had the soldiers guarding the entrance. So 
during the crucifixion, the disciples, they, they were cowards. They abandoned Jesus. As we said before, Peter denied him three times. Um, these disciples were not first century ninjas who could pass by the guards at the tomb, silently move this extremely large, extremely heavy stone, rob the grave, and then leave undetected. They didn't even have the courage to try to pull something like this off. So, no. Anything else? Last one. How about everyone went to the wrong tomb? Um, no. I don't think so, because it was just days earlier. I mean, the women knew where uh, Jesus' body was laid. They knew. And, uh, and Peter and John, when the women came and told the disciples, Peter and John ran to the tomb without receiving any directions from the women on where to go. Um, and if Jesus's body was, if it was still in the correct tomb, uh, then uh, his enemies could have produced the body immediately. And even if everyone had gone to the wrong tomb, the owner of the tomb, Joseph of Arimathea, he would have corrected them. So now that's, that's debunked as well. Mm-hmm. Anything else? You got anything else right now? No, not right now. All right. Thank you for listening to Labors for the Lord. We hope this was a blessing to you. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. And remember, God's grace is sufficient for you.